What's up, homies? What's up, homies? I'm Erica. And I'm Roshane. And thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Um, we have a very exciting episode today. Um, and we have a very special guest with us here today as well. We are very happy to welcome the writer, director, actor, creator of The Outwaters, Robbie Banfitch. Thank you Hi. so much for being here. <laughs> Yeah, I was telling them before as I listened to the podcast and just you said my name directly so many times like you were talking to me. I just like I had to reach out and be like, hey. <laughs> I know that's look with found footage uh, when people use their own names. I always feel weird saying their names in the episode because I'm like, I feel like I'm speaking, speaking directly right to the to person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I basically in my character aside from the second half. Okay. Yeah, because like, I, I was hope wondering... I don't act that well. I guess if I have a head injury, then I can't really decide how I'm going to act. Right. But I, <laughs> I cringe. Determined. <laughs> I cringe watching this. I can have like so uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was wondering if if it's one of those things where was everyone kind of like a self insert in a yeah, way? I, I picked friends that um I really that were each different um mm -hmm. and that have qualities about them that I really love, obviously, because they're my yeah. friends. So it, it was cast with my friends. So. Yeah. Very oh, nice. That's fun. But also, before we, like, get into it, into it, uh, we did just want to give you a congratulations for, A, making a feature film, and B, yeah. for all the success that you've had. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah, of course. Yeah. A it's big... been a weird year. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> but, I mean, it's it's a lot of work. So it's like one of those things that I don't think everyone fully understands how much effort goes into making a film, especially when it's like an independent film and just like yeah. how taxing that can be. So it's like big kudos to you for having the idea and being like, you know what, I'm just going to do this and make this thing a reality. Um, that's yeah. very cool to see. But um, so for my first question, before we get into the Outwaters itself too much, I did just want to ask uh, what your creative background is and like what your did you have any inspirations going into the movie by like directors or films specifically or uh, creative background? I started making movies when I was around 10 um, mm -hmm. with an old like VHS camcorder. <laughs> uh, and then I just I knew since I was about like 10 that I just wanted to make movies. Uh, I went to college. So I made movies all through high school, like short films, blah, 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 mostly drama and horror. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I went to college at, in New York City at School of Visual Arts, majoring in film for four years. Um, so yeah, I, I went to school for film. I made films my whole life up until then. And then after college, I moved out to Los Angeles and worked at an indie horror company for a couple of years. Oh, wow. Okay. And that's what began my like dry spell of not making my own shit. So I worked at After Dark Films, which they put out eight films to die for back in the day. Uh, Lake Mungo is one of those. Oh, I, yeah. I okay. kind of worked on 
not the filming of it, but once we had it for distribution. Um, so that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I love Lake Mungo. Did, you've seen that? I have. Yeah. I, okay. have. I have not. I have not seen that one. Oh, it's like one of the most realistic fake horror movies. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Um, anyway, but, and then, and then I just kind of like, I moved back to New Jersey, which is where I'm from. Oh, okay. Um, I, my dad was sick, so I was just like kind of stuck in New Jersey working at like mm-hmm. a bar and, and, and Barnes and Noble and for minimum wage. And I just kind of got stuck there. And, um, anyway, I, I wound up moving back to Los Angeles and then working for Greenpeace, the environmental organization for oh, like wow. nine years. And it was during towards like the middle of when I was like a few years into Greenpeace, I was like, all right, I'm not doing my, my dream thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, uh, at Greenpeace, you get a sabbatical if you're there for five years. So I just planned that during my sabbatical, which is three months, I was going to make my first feature. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I made my first feature during my sabbatical, which is still not done because it is a silent feature length film. And the music is really important in a silent feature. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just did not have any money to pay someone for like the quality of music that I would need. So as soon as I shot that whole movie and edited it, I was like, oh, fuck, well, this isn't going to work because I can't afford to finish it. And that's why I started making the Outwaters because I was like, all right, well, let me make something that doesn't need um, an original score. <laughs> That's yeah. very fair. Um, and I also have always wanted to make a found footage movie ever since I saw Blair Witch Project back in the day. I, I just always wanted to make one. Um, mm-hmm. um, and I love horror. And so it just kind of worked out that uh, if I do found footage, I don't need an original score. Yeah. And I already knew I could complete a feature by myself with my friends with no money because it really didn't cost hardly anything. I, okay. I the back ends of my paychecks at Greenpeace to, to, make, to finance it, a.k.a. like, rent a car for a day you know like (laughs) no real cost in in the making of this movie other than like car rentals and gas for going out to the desert and then like some props but those are not expensive i made a lot of stuff from like cheap shit did you handle like all of the effects and everything yourself yeah most of it is stuff i made from scratch there are a few things that i bought and then changed a little bit and then there's a few things that are a bunch of different things that i kind of like put together to make a new thing so but yes i did all the that oh okay. wow that's very impressive honestly you did, yeah you did i mean it seems like basically everything to make this happen um i'm kind of curious if you can speak towards it um a little bit of the experience of just like having that moment where you decided, okay, I'm going to make this feature and like realistically what steps went into making it happen for you? Um, I do remember it was after I already finished my first feature and Mm -hmm. realized that I actually finished it for real, um, that I had just seen Willow Creek, which is one of my favorite found footage movies. It's like the uh, Bobcat Gold. I always forget. I don't know how to say it. But anyway, it's the Bigfoot found footage movie have you seen that no well, it's super simple i really loved the the characters and i found all of their interactions very authentic mm-hmm. and they didn't feel like actors i'm allergic to that in found footage like i i, I need for the it to feel real that's yes. the whole point of found footage for me mm-hmm. um, 
So I guess I think watching that, I was like, all right, I'm going to make my found footage movie. I can do it. It, it kind of like inspired me. Just um, really simple movie, but I love it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember Ange, who plays Ange, <laughs> showed her the movie and I started talking to her about the fact that I wanted, like my next thing was going to be a found footage one. Um, and of course she was, she was in my first feature that's not out yet. Um, oh. So of course I wanted her to be involved. So I just remember talking to her about that after watching Willow Creek at my mom's house in New Jersey when I was like visiting for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and how it works for me is I have a million movie ideas, like a million. No, that's hyperbolic. Um, I have like a hundred movie ideas. <laughs> and what happens is some of them, you know, I'll think about something incessantly or I'll think about three ideas incessantly. And then one will start to just become more, prominent in my mind and get me more excited and of course when i'm saying this i'm I'm talking about like knowing that i what i have to work with so um the found footage thing i never wanted to make a found footage movie where you could not justify the camera being on yeah Mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons i just like have never made one because i just couldn't think of an idea that i liked that didn't feel forced and that felt a little new until i came up with the head injury thing which Mm. for me just like to me it makes total sense that i would be filming stuff um if i was totally fucking out of it and i hadn't quite seen that before so it was also like a new something i haven't personally seen is someone filming who's mentally impaired due to an injury yeah (laughs) the process for this one was just uh there's a movie called Outland with Sean Connery. Okay. And I love that word, Outland, Outlands. It's it's like my favorite word. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's very evocative. And and I th- I remember thinking of like, oh, Outwaters would be a cool word. Because it's not a word, but I was like, it would be one. Yeah. And okay. that's a great horror movie title, The Outwaters. Like, so it, it came from having just watched Willow Creek and being inspired by the realism wanting to make a found footage movie and trying to come up with an idea and then also that title and like what that could mean because i just thought it opened up a lot of like images to me yeah opened mm-hmm. a lot of possibilities <clears throat> i thought it, i thought it was a word like when i saw it i was like oh yeah that one <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, same <laughs> i feel bad for everybody with the last name outwater like there's actually <laughs> this conductor named edwin outwater um who um i wound up getting in touch with because of the movie you know searching for the title yeah. and he was searching for his name and then it's like what the fuck is this <laughs> I, i'm like who the fuck is this and i'm like i'm so sorry that your last name is outwater because he's pretty prominent like in the um music world oh wow oh. So sorry that i took your last name um unintentionally and cut my dick off <laughs> <laughs> but it's mine now so <laughs> Luckily, he liked the movie. Okay. That's good. <laughs> One of the first people to see it was Edwin Outwater. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome, actually. Um, but yeah, to further answer your question, once I had like the basic idea and that I knew I wanted to make it, um, I just, what I start to do is start talking to it, mm-hmm. start talking to my friends about it. Mm-hmm. And that makes it like cement, like, all right, I'm going to do this because I said I'm going to do it. And I'm, <laughs> um, and I just start filming things like, testing things um uh so i remember i was started playing around with filming things for this like in 2016 oh wow 
Um, some of the shots wound up in the movie. Most of the movie was not filmed that long ago, but that's when I started playing around with it. And then once I had a very strong um, story or knew exactly, I should say, knew exactly what I wanted to do with the story, um, then I started figuring out who I can realistically cast, who would have the time and who would not be an asshole. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Uh, and then trying to coordinate all of that. And then we did the main shoot. So it was just a lot of talking, mm-hmm. planning mentally and um, testing and having fun, like shooting little scenes with people and just seeing what I liked yeah. and how I wanted it to be. Well, I mean, I know for both Roshane and I, one of the things that we talked about a lot was that we truly believed that you guys were a friend group just hanging yeah. out, thrown into the situation, which obviously helps by having your friends that you like and that you want to work with involved, (laughs) which is extra important. I feel like in a situation like this where I imagine you guys were filming under very specific circumstances. Um, I was it one of those things where you just kind of storyboarded the events and then like improved around it or how did. Yeah. Well, I, so, you know, there's, there's different kinds of films, obviously, as you know, like there's ones that I would need to write and then, the script for with all the dialogue and then there's ones that uh, with this one i i knew from the beginning that i wanted to keep it open to explore okay a lot of the film is psychology intuition stuff that um i may not understand on an intellectual level but i knew i wanted to dive into like deep primal stuff and just kind of explore Mm -hmm. that so there was a very specific chain of events and and basically i knew all the scenes that i wanted to get and what should happen in them uh but very rarely did i write dialogue right okay which is fun which is why it's like funny sometimes when one of the criticisms i see online is like the dialogue is awful i'm like well you're an idiot because it's just people talking like they do in real life. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. That's um, so surprising to me. Because, yeah, that was like one of our favorite parts was yeah. you, when you guys were just sitting talking or having conversations. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, I mean, some obviously there's acting involved in, in, in a lot of it because uh, Michelle's mom's not dead. <laughs> but right. Right. a lot of the stuff is just us. I did film a lot of us just hanging out and going on the road trip that was not necessarily like acting. So it is like when I see, when I see like, Oh, awful dialogue. I'm like, girl, <laughs> you can, like, go talk to your friends more and see what you actually sound like. Cause you do not sound like a Quentin Tarantino movie. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I feel like that's the same way that everyone's like, Oh, we should have a reality show, but it's like, okay, but, but tr- you're not uh, your realistically <laughs> like our own lives are not that interesting to people who are outside of our lives. <laughs> like, <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, so yeah, there was a framework and there was definitely like, uh, I knew, I always knew the ending. Um, I always knew how exactly I wanted the first half of the movie to feel, which is very mundane, but Mm -hmm. with touches of beauty, like little poetic touches of beauty. It's just like when you find memory cards, like you're not going (laughs) to, it's not going to be like cut and dry, like plot points. It's going to be like a lot of shit. So I just filmed a lot of shit which I don't actually normally do in my life. Like back in high school when it was still cool to carry around a camera and people weren't walking around with selfie sticks. Like I did used to film shit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. going up. And I, but I used to like focus on like a friend at the lunch table twirling their hair. Yeah. So I just try to get back into that. Remembering the kind of stuff I used to film. I just started filming stuff like that and then found 
you know, I wanted it to feel very mundane, but with a little bit of poetry to it because, um, I mean, that's just the kind of stuff I like in, in movies. Um, that said, every scene serves an actual purpose. There's nothing in there that's just thrown in. Um, despite it, it's kind of weird because it's like the attempt is to make it feel kind of random and mundane, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. everything does have a mean, like I have to have a reason for each scene. Yeah. It's like cultivated yeah. chaos. Yeah. Like you have to make it seem like it's random, but you yeah. planned it all out. <laughs> and there yeah. were scenes obviously that like were never part of it that I thought of while we were out there. I'm like, well, let's just try this. You know what yeah. I mean? Like the rattlesnake, mm-hmm. right? Was the rattlesnake yeah. just there? I, I was very <laughs> impressed that you knew that a baby rattlesnake is more venomous. Yeah. <laughs> and oh, I'm I... sure Michelle knows that too. So Michelle is actually like a nature. She does. Part, one of her jobs is to like take kids on nature walks and stuff. And so she knows all that stuff. And like, so yes, we really, I literally almost stepped on it. Um, <laughs> the scene where I'm literally like saying, is that a rattlesnake? That's me actually wondering if it's a rattlesnake. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I was so happy because that was like actually fairly recently. That's one of the last shoots I did, like two years after the main shoot. And I had been dying to get a rattlesnake. Oh, nice. And I knew they were there, but we didn't see it. But then once I saw them, I was kind of like scared. And then Michelle was like, just, you know, you know, just keep your eye out. But mm-hmm. I, I was actually scared <laughs> after, after we saw it. I was like, because we had to film there the rest of the day and the next day. Mm-hmm. And I'm running at night sometimes blindly through there like i can't see shit so uh, you know yeah but yes the rattlesnake stumbled on it yeah but with the i don't believe in the secret but with the um god i hope i find a rattlesnake one day Mm -hmm. for this movie (laughs) there were like visually there were a lot of things that i personally liked about it um i like some of the kind of experimental ish shots where it's like um for one instance is when you guys are driving towards the desert i love like the different sequencing of like how it's shot along with like the score that you ended up using with like a lot of that dramatic music i thought the juxtaposition there was super cool um but since you're talking about like the rattlesnake and just kind of like getting that were there other elements of just like you were out there you saw something dope and you shot it um or was a lot of things kind of planned out beforehand well most of the animals but like so i know you were wondering about the donkeys they were totally <laughs> absolutely <different>. they were <laughs> we stumbled on them okay that said all right so i'm pretty lazy and <laughs> i was in a grumpy mood and i was with scott that day and mm-hmm. um we saw the donkeys and he's like you should film them and i was like oh i really don't feel like it and then, but, but I knew that I was going to film them and I should, but I was being a little bitch. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, n- anyway, he, I find I shot the, as soon as I started filming them and I was writing the rest of their arc, which is how I was able to get all these different shots from different perspectives and different mind states within like five minutes. So as soon as I saw them, I wrote them into the rest of the movie so that they, I knew that they were going to appear multiple times. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. They're, yeah. Okay. Cause I was trying, I was, we were in there trying to like the we <laughs> break those donkeys down. What the yeah. symbolism of those donkeys were. <laughs> and, and you know what they are for me, mm-hmm. aside from wild animals in nature is that person at the gas station with no teeth who tries to warn the people not to go in. 
Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what the donkeys represent to me. They're like, girl, <laughs> go back. <laughs> I just think it's really cool because I've never seen that. Like, it, it's always like an old toothless man at the gas station. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which I love, <laughs> but I mean, they were stumbled upon, but then quickly written in very intentionally, which is how mm-hmm. I was able to just get all those shots. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. the bees, we were swarmed by bees for real. Like, so that was not planned, and I'm very scary because we were actually very far from anywhere. Mm-hmm. If it, it, there were hundreds of bees on the tent when me and Ange got out. Oh, really? Like it was like that bad? It was, scare- it was actually scary. Um, yeah, we were doing that fight scene <laughs> and started hearing some buzzing <laughs> and seeing little shadows fly by. And I, I, I don't like a bee to begin with, like a single one. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting, we were getting like more nervous because we're just sweating in this tent. We have a scene to do and there's more and more shadows and buzzing. Um, so I'm like, let's just fucking do this. So that's part of the reason why that scene is so short. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I was um, like, oh, I wanted more of, more of the fighting. But I mean, that makes sense. <laughs> the other reason it's short is because I feel like I fucking hate fighting in found footage movies. I find it mm. so contrived. And I think in real life, if I were fighting with my friend, I would turn the camera off at some point, which is why I have it. There is also an intention to why I cut. There's more of there's more fighting, but I did intentionally cut it short because mm. I think if I were fighting, if I was friends with both of you and we were in a fight, I would probably turn the camera off. Right. Yeah. You know what I mean? That makes um, that makes sense. The other thing with the fight with, is... You, I think you said you find it very believable. It kind of seemed like out of nowhere. That's how Ange and I actually fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't expect people to know, but like we had a fight later that day, and we had a fight, a big fight in the middle of the night. Like when she was covered in blood, she was like mad. So like we fight. I think we're cool, and mm-hmm. then we get into a big fight. Like and I'm like, Ugh. and um, I do call her a diva to push her buttons <laughs> in real life. Oh, but, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely that that makes sense. And I think you're right with it's so it's hard because I forget about that sometimes in found footage movies as it's like we're so used you, to seeing all everything these because it's it's like the screenwriting teacher was like, you need conflict, you need conflict. Right. Yeah, of course. But the conflict doesn't need to literally be so in your face like these characters hate each other. Like I don't usually go on road trips with people I don't like. Right. <laughs> right. No, yeah. yeah. And that's a friend dynamic. It's funny because I feel like I get so irritated, like in paranormal activity, I get so irritated with like <laughs> Micah, Micah shoving the, like, the yeah. camera in her face when she's clearly upset. But so it makes sense yeah. that you'd be like, okay, let's fight off camera. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted, I just wanted to show friends being friends. And, <laughs> uh, and you were right. Yes, Ange did have reason. She wasn't being a diva and she totally yeah. had reason to be uh, concerned. However, like, that's how I am as a person too. Like, when I saw the rattlesnake, even though I was scared, I went towards it. Right. Um, I remember I was on a road trip, uh, not a road trip, like a day road trip with Ange in New Jersey once. I think we were actually filming some test stuff for this. And there was an abandoned house and I really wanted to go in it. And she like didn't want to. And then we got into a little mini fight because of that. So it's just like that's our natural dynamic. I like yeah. to I like to do that trespassing stuff. Right, and, and she's more like cautious, like as she should be. Yeah. So you're I, right. 
I think I'm just team Ange. I think that's yeah. what it is. I was just, I was like, no, I'm I get Ange it. Too. I get it, Ange. Like, I, I'm on your oh. side. <laughs> so I heard. So yeah. So just so people, because we we talked about this before we started, but just so people who didn't hear us talking before, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to these lovely people is because <laughs> they have like some issues with the movie, and I thought it would be. I've always wanted to talk to people who um were cool but had some issues with the movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm not um. I guess technically I'm being defensive, but it's with the intention of like fun. And I thought it'd be interesting for once to talk to, to, to like talk about some of the things that didn't work, et cetera. So Mm -hmm. just for people who didn't hear our conversation before. Yeah. So speaking of which, let's talk about the darkness. (laughs) Yeah. That that was like our biggest, I think, complaint, quote unquote, during our episode. Um, But yeah, it's kind of curious about what was the decision-making for the use of darkness and like, uh what led you down that route for it well you're wrong not to like it no i'm just kidding (laughs) that's one of the things that i totally understand why that doesn't work for some people and is incredibly frustrating Mm -hmm. for some people or a lot of people actually and that i think is one of the reasons well i don't know if you've seen imdb or like letterbox on this i mean the people that hate this movie they are angry like <laughs> angry and i think that the, that's one of one of the reasons is is how frustrating the the tiny beam can be and the um the darkness mm-hmm. so i'll just say that from the very for, okay so this is the thing a lot of people think that the flashlight is that tiny one that i come across um i don't know if you remember but there's like a tiny little beam flashlight that yeah. i come across and mm-hmm. earlier that's actually <clears throat> not the flashlight that was used. I walked past it and I'm actually using a huge floodlight. Mm-hmm. When I started filming, I realized that in the desert at night, when there's really nothing around, that's just what it looks like through the camera mm-hmm. on those settings that it was generally always on. It's not so bad when I'm in the, in the bushes or, or in a tent, you can see a lot more. But part of the reason it's it looks like a tiny flashlight, even though it's a, a, a big floodlight, is just because that's what, when I'm pointing at stuff, a lot of things are, are far away. Mm-hmm. And it's darkness, so it just looks like that. And I just kind of opted for realism. Mm-hmm. Um, but, however, if I were to show it to, like, 20 people, which I showed it to way more, and, and all of them or most of them were, like, really annoyed by that, um i would have figured something else out right i would have found another way to do it in a way that was realistic what i found was that a big enough portion of the people that tiny beam helped them to they like tuned in very strongly and it like intensely focused them Mm -hmm. um and there was enough people who that worked for and who that I decided I wanted it, you know, I just wanted it to be realistic. Like it was, I wanted it to look like the way it actually looked and would look if you were out there mm-hmm. and shit. I mean, I was running out there. I couldn't fucking see anything. Yeah. So, yeah. And I just opted and I, I, I totally knew that I was going to lose a lot of people at that point mm-hmm. when, when the screaming starts and it's just blackness, I just knew I was going to lose a lot. And I, I just decided that that's okay because I, I, um, it it worked for enough people and and I liked 
the idea of it. Um, right. Okay. Now, and the other thing I hate in found footage movies is when, like, the camera's clearly panning for the movie and not because of the mental state of the character, which is why that first thing with all the screaming, I literally just ran with the camera and hid Mm -hmm. and ran with the camera and hid. I wasn't looking at it. I just wanted it to be the way it would be in that moment. Um, And obviously that's why I painted a lot with sound. Yeah. Yeah. Which was a very good, I think, addition, especially for somebody like me who like the darkness, it was kind of hard because I'm a visual person. I do like to see stuff. Um, but against the absolute rage of people on the internet, like I understand too, when there are choices outside of my comfort zone for things. And plus like the, the desert is dark as fuck. Like at nighttime in the desert, it is light. Yeah. It is mad dark. So like trying to shoot anything out there, I imagine was a difficulty anyway. Um, so it's like, even in moments like the attack sequence, I liked it because everything made sense. Like, even if I wanted to see what was happening it absolutely made sense that the character a would want to get away from the danger b um if their friends or whatnot are getting attacked might not want to just have a camera recording that (laughs) stuff you know what i mean like it it makes sense um it's just like there was such good sound that i feel like as a viewer i just really wanted to i wanted to know where it was coming from yeah yeah Yeah. well yeah well just to sum that up like I totally get that. And that's not something like when I read reviews that are angry, um, that's not one of the things that like annoys me to mm-hmm. read. Cause I get it. Mm-hmm. And I always knew since I saw it through the lens, like, all right, going to lose some people, but it's realistic. And I'm trying to make a found footage movie. So what screen did you watch it on? Because there is always, for the most part, there's always something important in that circle. And you may not be able to exactly make it out mm-hmm. all the time, mm-hmm. but I mean, I have seen, a, I mean, I don't know what screen you watch on. I think if you watch on a big screen, not even a theater, but like a, um, a big TV and the lights are out, you can always kind of make out something. It's still not like going right. to satisfy necessarily, but it's, but better. it's almost never a black screen except for the, that part where I'm like running and hiding and stuff. Right. No, yeah, that's definitely one of those things where um, when I like I was saying I want to watch it again and pay more attention. I feel like for this first watch, I even said I had a lot of ebbs and flows and I was like, oh, I on the journey. oh no, <laughs> had a lot of edibles. No, but I had a lot of uh, like ups and downs with this first watch. I was just on the journey. And then I feel like by the end of it, I, you know, I was like, OK. I'm super like I'm really happy with the way that that concluded. I'm really happy with the full journey that I had. And so now I feel like when I rewatch, I will be able to full, like pay attention more because I, I'll know what to expect as well. Yeah. Because yeah. I tried to go into this. I think we both tried to go into your movie knowing Nothing. as little about it as possible. Yeah. And so we really didn't know what it was going to be like. That's um, the best way to watch yeah. anything. I mean, although I don't know. I mean, like you have to be in the right mood for certain things. Like, right. I've been meaning to watch Come and See or like, do you know mm, that movie? Yeah, I know. It's I've never about. seen it. I've had it for years. I've been meaning to watch it, but I'm just like, almost never in the mood for what I know that's going to be. Yeah. And I think that 
um, even though I'm sure that it's brilliant and I'm going to watch it at some point, but I'm, I think it's the same way with this movie for some people. Like, you know, you, you have to be in the, you, I think that you'll get a lot more out of it if you're like intensely focused, phone is off, biggest screen possible, mm-hmm. loud, loud sound and darkness. So, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of killed, I saw like some critics, even though like critically it was, critically it did well yeah but like i still i saw some critics that like watched it on a laptop and it killed me mm-hmm. like i mean i that in that sense like yeah i mean you're not gonna really get much out of it with laptop speakers and the tiny beam on a laptop looks like a fucking pebble <laughs> right and that's another thing i do wish that i would have worn headphones when yeah. i watch it i did I, not realize how much sound was gonna play a role no it might blow your eardrums out if you wear headphones i would just say okay. turn the speakers up do you have like a nice large tv somewhere that you could sit somewhat close to i i do and that's what i'll probably watch it on next time i just watched it in like my regular living room tv the first time which in hindsight i would have done a different <laughs> a yeah. different thing yeah it's one of those things some movies and it, like stuff like a lot of character stuff and dialogue I used to watch on laptops and it's fine, but like this one, I really feel like it it will suffer if you're not watching it. Um, yeah, larger yeah. It's, it's, it's theater, you can definitely see the, right. the circle a lot bigger. Right. Also, I was gonna say so. There's a part where the captions say like whales. <laughs> yeah. Is that what that is? Is that what you use? Like a sound of whales? Yes. Okay. So, um, <laughs> and then to answer one of your questions, I heard in the podcast the re- so. The outwaters obviously were in the desert. Mm-hmm. Uh, that whole area used to be covered in in ocean mm-hmm. back in the day. Um, we were filming on a dry lake bed, which was used to be underwater. We were also filming in old creek that used to be creeks and rivers. Um, and so I liked the idea that that everything everywhere we were used to be covered in water. Mm-hmm. And so yes, there used to be sea creatures floating above where we were which is part of why um there's some orcas screaming yeah <laughs> okay if, if i might have if i were to redo the captions which i did by oh. the way oh you did the captioning as well one of the hardest jobs i've ever done was the captioning i'm like what the fuck is this sound like <laughs> when, like because i created a lot of sounds by blending different sounds that, and so i'm like what do i call this right okay hindsight i might no i'll leave orca screaming because it's kind of funny and it was my favorite caption yeah I it think sticks like, with you it really does <laughs> and that's what it was, it was orcas and i love an orca and one of my favorite like cheesy movies is orca from 1977 oh. <laughs> yeah um um but yeah so it was that's where the, the a lot of the sounds that you hear that seem detached from the video are underwater type things because it's kind of like it's picking up on vibrations and shit like from the past in some mm-hmm. in some instances okay was there also on the flip side because i remember seeing like helicopter sounds and like there was like some jet engine sounds as well I feel like during the episode, I kind of debunked my own theory about like them dying and being in limbo or whatnot. But like, were did those particular sounds symbolize anything? Um, the helicopter stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we were on um in the movie. We're in an an area that at least at one point was used by the government. Um, okay. So that's when I land on that sign. 
after getting spit out of the tunnels of <laughs> river of light is what i call it mm-hmm. okay um which all of that stuff looked awesome by the way yeah. and like i know you don't want to dive too much into the secrets of how you shot some of that but i think some of the more abstract stuff that you were doing with like the tunnel and like the light and stuff um were, were some of my favorite parts mm-hmm. thank you yeah no like uh but yeah so we we're on a it's an it's not even implied because you see the science like old and restricted you also saw like an old bullet um um there was something else i feel like that whatever but yeah in the idea is that at some point that area that we were on was used by the government mm-hmm. and restricted um for what that's one of the things i want people to you know but um that's probably the, when i put the helicopterish sound in that's one of the things i was thinking about also we did film by an actual military base where we did have like things like that happening okay i also did want to say too though the penis prosthetic or whatever whatever you used for that that was good well made that was made dick how unrated is your podcast oh it's unrated yeah say whatever you want whatever you want to say (laughs) that's okay so i was like how am i gonna make a fake dick (laughs) <laughs> my plan was to go to um stop fucking sex toy play pleasure chest in weho mm. and get like a, a realistic looking dildo and then fuck it up however <laughs> i found a basically prosthetic penis that was mostly already made on ebay oh and then i and then i did extra things to it um to make it look more realistic but that is the one thing i did not make from that is one of the things that I did not make from scratch. I just made it look more real. I put a hair on it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so when you say it was mostly already made, was Someone it? Someone was selling a fake prosthetic ripped off dick on eBay. <laughs> okay. Uh, 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 those, those Google searches. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh, good, because I don't have to go to the pleasure chest, which is overpriced. And like, right buy a bunch of dildos to see what <laughs> um most of the other stuff like the intestines i made from scratch um oh, nice. oh, wow. the, the dick yeah and Did you do all of the the head pieces too I, those i made from um basically scratch yeah oh, um okay. on Angie's hair <laughs> i wanted it to look like it like she was missing a lot of her hair so okay <laughs> <laughs> that is why <laughs> Got so hopefully it. next time you watch it you're like all right some of it was yeah. torn out i think once again i'm just so team Ange. though i was like i know like, they didn't no do my girl like this and i feel like Ange would totally complain if she was annoyed by how i made her head look um she does yeah. she'll tell me like please don't use that shot you know so she didn't right. say anything about i know but i did want it like scott's head on that i fucking fucked that hair up like it, he's missing half of his hair and and that so like um i did want it to look like her hair is a clumpy and disgusting mm-hmm. but also some of it had been like torn out yeah were they all super excited for like everything uh-huh. where i mean are they also into horror and like i don't know i just feel well, like i'd be so psyched to like see my like my impaled head or like at the end <laughs> of the day i just think it would be cool you know, i don't know <laughs> michelle is very much like she is in the movie which is like very sweet natured and like does not like dark things i don't remember i don't know if she ever saw her head in in person 
Mm. Um, Ange was thought it was cool. I think. I mean, Ange and I love watching horror movies and and unsolved mysteries together and, and that yeah. kind of shit. And um, Scott, uh, he's not really like a horror movie person. He's just like a good movie person. So if, yeah, yeah. Um, if he thinks it's good and it's horror, then but I don't think he was like necessarily excited by seeing his head. Also, his I made his look the least like him. I wanted his face to be like real fucked up. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. he is the one who was out there with me that day when I was filming all the heads on stick. I was so excited. I was so excited <laughs> by being able to make a set. I don't know if you call it a set piece, but like that felt like to me like, oh my god, this is a real movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's probably what I put the most thought, or one of the things that I, I had to prep for the most and think about how, but like, um, filming that i just like couldn't stop filming it and i was like fuck how am i gonna cut down these shots because like all of them were so fucked up right it, what about this scene though with um where you, you kind of like flash to your mother's house i mean that to me felt like a really big like piece and moment yeah in terms the of the movie yes it just yeah. there wasn't much setting up in that I, I walked through my mom's house and smeared some blood on the wall. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Obviously, I put the tent in there, but that didn't really feel... It it just felt like more of a, oh, I'm making a real movie when I was out on the lake bed with these huge fucking pikes and and realistic-looking heads. Like, that... Yeah. But in terms of the scene where I'm going through my mom's condo, like, when as soon as I got that idea and figured out how I would do it, I was like, oh, this is kind of something I haven't quite quite seen in this Mm -hmm. way before and that was exciting to me especially when i put it all together and it like just it worked and i didn't have to refilm anything because i that was yeah you know i had to like go to new jersey to film that so if i had to refilm Mm -hmm. that it would have been a pain but i would have oh what is a daryl dixon wig (laughs) 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 it's um from uh, the walking dead oh (laughs) Like, yeah. just, Daryl, like Daryl, yeah, like, like Daryl like from Walking Crossbow, Dead, yeah. Darryl. Oh, is he wearing a wig in that show? He doesn't. It just looked like. That's what his hair is. Yeah, that's just what it was giving to me. <laughs> you know, I should know that. I'm like, I know I've heard Daryl Dixon because I, I, I actually have to catch up on that. I, I've only seen the first six seasons, and oh, I'm excited. So. It gets that's one. It's of, a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Things it's every couple of years I'll be like, I'll get back into it and watch a couple of seasons. And then it's like, all right, I need to take another break. Yeah. But um, one of the things I was curious about is like, so there there's different receptions for this film online. Um, but one of the, one of the things that um, I appreciate is the fact that at the end of the day, this movie feels like the movie that you wanted to make and like, correct me if I'm wrong there, but like a lot of things still, even if they weren't hundred percent for me, they felt intentional. Mm-hmm. And like they felt like they were part of your process, and I'm kind of curious what you would like most people to kind of take away from the Outwaters, like after a first viewing. Um, I'm I'm not the kind of person who makes like message movies okay. or like, this is what I want to say. Okay, that's not me at least for this movie it's very much intuitive instinct and trying to capture um ideas and and feelings and and go on a journey so i hope that for the what i always intended was i I was hoped it it would be like scary on some Mm -hmm. level um not in a boo way but in like just a uncomfortable 
eerie way. Uh, that was the main thing. And then I, I wanted people to feel like they were kind of like really watching somebody's horrific raw footage or like on this journey with them, like really feeling as confused and fucked up and, and weird and uncomfortable as the characters. Like that's what I was going for. And yes, um, it's exactly the movie I wanted to make. Uh, that's why even though some of the, the, the bad, like the bad, like the letterbox people and I like, I can get annoyed, but it doesn't make me second guess anything because all of the criticisms I have seen, I saw in test screening it and screening it for friends. And I've thoughtfully considered all of the criticisms. I changed some things because I agreed with them. And what you have left is exactly what I wanted. That said, I'm sure if I look at it in 10 years, I'll be like, oh, I wish I did this or I wish I cut out five minutes. You know, I'm sure that I could have cut. I'm sure I could have cut out like five, 10 minutes, mm, 10 minutes feels <laughs> a lot for me. But like, I'm sure I, there's some stuff if I looking back on it, I could still keep that like mundane, actually found feeling, but not have, you know, every little mm-hmm. thing. That said, everything does have importance and there's lots of little tiny things that are in there that you wouldn't necessarily pick up on unless you were looking, you know, more closely after having seen it kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, there's a lot of stuff that one of my friends is like, why the fuck are you focusing on like the wind picking up the, the, uh, the curtain? I'm like, <laughs> well, my character like focuses on these little kind of invisible forces of nature, which is like a theme in the, Mm -hmm. thing so there's always like something there but yes it's the movie i wanted to make i um was wondering too i mean do you know kind of like what's next for you do you want to go back to your other like film and try and get that scored and i'm i'm excited to yeah i'm definitely going to finish that i mean that movie is even less for people than this one is it's like a black (laughs) and white silent art house drama yeah that is very it definitely has a story, but it's very flowy and impressionistic in ways. And I just can't imagine that many people will want to watch it unless it's like you're stoned and you like pretty visuals. <laughs> like, I think that's a good crowd for that one. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I am going to finish that. Um, but however, I shot my second feature while editing the Outwaters and I'm currently doing a new rough cut of my new feature, which I'm excited about. Um, so that's what I'm working on right now is the new edit of my new movie. So technically okay. the third feature I made, but the second one that will be released. Okay. And I'm aiming to have it come out next year at some point in theaters, uh, whether it's like little indie theaters again, or I don't, it's, it's very indie. So I can't imagine it'll be playing everywhere or anything, but I think Outwater's got into like a hundred and something theaters. So it would be nice if this did something like that, but I'd be happy yeah. if it was in like New York and LA for a week. Can I ask quick, what is that process like of like getting it into theaters? I've always wondered well, how that works. I think that the way I, this is going to sound obnoxious to some people, <laughs> but the way I, I did like from the beginning with Outwater's, my goal was not just to make a feature, it was to make a feature that would get good critical reviews and wind up in theaters. And that was my, always my, my goal. And I always had that in mind. So if something about the film to me felt like this feels like it's not good enough to be in theaters, I would cut it out or redo it or whatever. Mm -hmm. So just 
I think that's important to, you know, the intention of that is from the beginning. Um, now, m- I didn't submit it to festivals until I felt like it was good and would get good reviews. Mm-hmm. So I submitted it to festivals, it got into some of them, and then the critical reviews that came out of those festivals were good. Um, and that led to bigger festivals seeking out the movie. Mm-hmm. And it was at Panic Fest that um, Bloody Disgusting and Cynodyme saw it and, and wanted to make an offer. The thing that I helped, like, I knew that it was, for, you know, uh, plenty of people will disagree with me, but I knew that it was worthy of being in theaters. So I just made sure that I wasn't going to get all excited about the fact that I was getting an offer and just give in on anything. I made sure that they guaranteed a release in at least New York and LA for one week. So I just made sure that was part of the contract. Um, luckily, they liked it, which is why they like wanted it and they believed in it too, which is why it went way beyond what I was asking for. Mm-hmm. And they just kept <clears throat> adding theaters and, and stuff. But I think that obviously you have to make something where the in your own eyes, at least of, I mean, you know, like you, you watch stuff, like, you know, what of oh, this, this would never be in a theater. Um, and then, and then you have to, you know, make sure that if you can, you stick to your guns. I also made them guarantee a Blu-ray release. Oh, okay. Nice. I, I, I care a lot about physical media. It drives me crazy that there's like the new Texas chainsaw and the new predator movie. Like, well, the new predator finally is getting a Blu-ray, but like, it kills me that there are movies like that, that I can't add to my like collection collection. Yeah. So I just, you have to know what's important to you. If it's not important to you that your movies in theaters and whatever, like, uh, but it was important to me to feel like a proper adult, <laughs> but that was my journey. But I mean, that was the plan all along. So, well, I mean, I think my friends were kind of actually surprised when it did actually wind up. Really? (laughs) (laughs) They were like, wait, this is so exciting. I'm like, well, this was the plan. Like, what do you mean? And I was just in such like work mode that I didn't really get to like savor how, Mm. oh my God, my dream is coming true. You know what I mean? I was just very much like, is the sound going to be okay? Is it? Yeah. Oh my God. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah. That, that was yeah, but I mean, I loved my distributors. Um, they're really great. They let me cut all the trailers. Obviously, oh, if they didn't nice. like it, they would have taken away. But like, I, I got to do all the trailers and and have a big say. And yeah. Oh, before I forget, one thing that you said that I agreed with, um, Erica. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, you said something about you think we could do away with the whole, like, this footage was found. In... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I so agree with you. Like, it drives me fucking nuts when, at this point, no one thinks it's real, girl. No one <laughs> yeah. thinks it's real. Yeah. So I think you'll appreciate it more in a second watch. But because of that, I did not say, like, this footage was found. I just labeled it. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot more, like, it's it's a lot more, like, you're not being told what this is. You're just like kind of seeing the label, like, you know, files. Blah, blah, blah. But yeah, what in found footage nowadays, whenever I see like, oh, these people went missing. I'm like, no, they didn't. That's why instead of saying these people went missing, I just put the missing picture. There's right. something about, and then also it's like, <laughs> I know it's a movie and everybody knows it's a movie. So I gave myself license to make like a title card mm-hmm. um, and have a little fun with it. But yeah, no, it drives me crazy too. I think we should do away with that. 
completely. <laughs> and I think, um, I think for my new movies found footage, totally different, totally different. Oh, okay. Okay. I am not doing that for the new one. It's a totally different story. And in this found footage movie that's coming up, it was actually edited by someone like in the world of the movie it was edited. So uh, oh. I'm not doing that, but yeah, I'm trying to think there's, there's a few where the, the movie just starts. I, and yeah, I, like that. I know. I'm I just felt to... like the police would have it labeled. So I put the labels in. Yeah. That's and fair. I, yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, something about when it, just jumps in i think for me i'm just like okay we're already in the action Great. yeah and it's also there's some psychological element if you're if i were to it just works if i were to say to you this footage was found and these people were missing there's a part of you that's like no it wasn't Shut, right. stop lying. you're Where lying like, okay this is a story and like, so mm-hmm. it's something that doesn't work about that anymore at all which is why i just made sure not to use language like that although right. it still bothered you and it still almost bothered me but not enough to take it out yeah <laughs> um so yes drives me crazy anyway I can <laughs> things that drive me crazy about found footage movies all the time such a good genre though i love them i know uh, i just like the fighting I, I, oh. that's your biggest <laughs> well, i'm really excited for you to check out willow creek let me know what you think of that yeah yeah i'm actually let me write that down yeah what yeah. Was, and you need to see lake mungo Lake Mungo, that was the other one. Um, I can go through a speed round of the other things I want to bring up. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, hit us. All right. <laughs> so first of all, maybe you realize this now, but I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that most people who are watching the movie who are gay pick that up. But I kind of forget sometimes that I'm not um, so obviously gay mm-hmm. in the st- whatever. Like, it's offensive. I, I'll take it. But like... <laughs> Um, so I, I do find, so no, I, I, I wasn't like, uh, crushing on. You were trying girl. to have sex with mm-hmm. Michelle. <laughs> One of the things I want so next time you watch the tit scene, yeah, the bloody sure. tit, um, think about that more. It's like, it's a, it's a gay man filming that there is like, a um, something, what do you call it? Not instinctual, but something like, what do you call it when it's under? your brain i'm so like a uh, subconscious subconscious about that which is why i kept that in it something to do with like being afraid of the boo or something like that <laughs> but i do agree with you that it's like girls stop filming that that boo <laughs> one of the reasons i kept it on it is because it was just so uncomfortable yeah. and my character was so out of it at that point um so yeah so i okay. wanted to address that is that why you kept so, it long yeah, I kept, long long. I, I kept it long because it was so uncomfortable. Yeah. So I'm sorry about that. <laughs> um, okay. But I do think it would be a little bit more interesting to watch it knowing that my character is gay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, during all this like religious stuff that's kind of in the background during the, that section of the movie. Right. And, or something, Which something is also what I was like, the donkeys are biblical. Well, <laughs> and, then, and they are. And so it's, like, it, it's, always, it's so fun with a movie like this where I got to explore a lot because... Yeah, some things happened. I mean, there's also a shit ton of stuff that I filmed that didn't wind up in a movie. Right. And because it, it didn't fit or like it just didn't feel like the movie. But the donkeys felt like I can't imagine the movie without the donkeys. Yeah, I'm the same. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'll just let you know that um, Michelle, like when I was zoomed in on her face, like I was zoomed in and I was not close to her. So like mm-hmm. she wouldn't necessarily know that I was that close and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. <laughs> 
Um, and that's just like my style, I think, for this kind of thing. I, I, I like getting real close sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I wasn't like shoving the camera up in her face. <laughs> Um, it is fun for I me to people, imagine it that way. <laughs> yeah, I see. If some people who are gay and watch the movie are like, "Oh, Robbie wants to fuck his brother," um, because you might not notice, I zoom in on his face a lot too. Yeah. Mm. But then, and then some people watch the movie and they don't realize I'm getting like, "Oh, Robbie wants to fuck Michelle." This is so like misogynistic. He's just like filming her, hovering. I'm like, it's just kind of interesting and funny, like how you see. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? When in reality, yeah. like, like zooming in on faces. Yeah. <laughs> So, fuck his brother. I never. <laughs> well, I've seen never that a lot of times. I think it's like the, the gay guy thing with the secret fantasy of like you know, oh, okay. fucking and twins. It's like a whole thing. Gotcha. I don't need to go into depth on that. Um, <laughs> um, I will validate your uncomfortability with my heavy breathing. It made me want to die. Like <laughs> watching, like when I have to watch the movie and hear myself breathing. It's unfortunately that Mike is so good on my yeah. camera that it just picks up everything. I actually had to like cut out some, I like replaced some of my breathing and like held my breath so there wasn't, a, and there was still too much. But like, I feel that, feel it, but it's realistic. <laughs> but in real life, I don't breathe that loud. It just sounds so loud. But yeah. well, and you were under just, dis- there was a lot going on. <laughs> some stress. <laughs> it, it's, it makes me cringe. Um, Yes, uh, we did just want Anne. I did just kind of make an excuse for Anne to come so she could hang because I wanted her to hang. Right. Um, Which, like, don't get me wrong. I've I've done the same. (laughs) I've been that person on, like, my friend's sets where they're like, yeah, you should come be, like, the script supervisor. I'm like, you don't need me, (laughs) but I'll come. The stylist and that call where I'm planning where she's talking about how, like, well, Michelle can just bring her own stuff. That was actually, like, just a real planning call for the movie. Oh, really? Oh, (laughs) yeah like it's yeah i'll just you know whatever (laughs) that's just Ange and i oh yeah so that's what that was but yes um in the world of the movie my character just kind of wanted an excuse to get his friend to come hang um let's see what does that say (laughs) oh yeah styles um i think cover most oh i just you said that you wanted to paint the um dialogue my head is raining oh yeah. yeah would love to see that dude yeah. that line is still a bar so good I, I appreciate i appreciated your dialogue on that one i i knew as soon as i thought of it i was like that's weird that's <laughs> so good wounds yeah i get that i probably could have added some wounds but i did want it to be like people were like covered in other people's blood and then i definitely showed lots of wounds but looking back i might have added it's, it's like one of those things where it's like if you're really looking out for it you see it but with the amount of chaos that's going around i also understand just being like eh, it's blood there's enough blood <laughs> um oh this is the one all right this is there's only a couple <laughs> so, all right so you said one of the part that felt like i was an idiot or something like you're just like didn't really buy it was like when i saw the man on the hill yeah okay i spent so long like how the fuck would i like react to mm-hmm. that and i think like it was an interesting thing because it's one of the only, only things i had a problem with you know what i i had to think back of like what i've done and i just yeah i i was free i would have been like freaked out 
I was trying to like say it kind of like more like a man, like, hey, <laughs> get out of here. <laughs> I, yeah, I tried it a bunch of different ways. And the way that felt like what I would actually do in real life was this kind of like trying to sound confident, but not at all sounding confident, weird like thing, just like addressing that the person's there and trying to make that be like, hey, there's no problem here. That was my mentality. Um, and I think in some situations in real life, that's what I've done is like, um, there's a threat and you just kind of pretend like there's not a threat. Mm -hmm. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I remember that was like an, a thing I had to really like think about and try a bunch of different ways. Um, I think if I knew he saw me or I would have just been quiet and ran, but you, you know, you're out there and you see this person on a hill, like watching you, you know, they're, they can see you. You want to like address them and try to make it like, Hey, this is not what this looks like. This is chills or something like that. Yeah. It's like a, it's a realistic response, but it's one of those things where it's like, we all as people do like dumb, not safe things. And I feel like it's one of those things where a lot of us given that circumstance wouldn't know how to actually act. We just yeah. react naturally. I, I've been in circumstances not quite like that where but where there was a person with a gun pointing at me and Shit. um it was very quiet me i was very quiet and like chill mm -hmm. trying to make the situation um match what yeah. i wanted it to be which it was not because there's a gun yeah. yeah um that's wild but yeah so and then there's one more thing that's always fun. oh all right so i just People want to see the creature. I mm -hmm. I was met. It, people sometimes are like, oh, he didn't have a budget. So it's like, no, I just, I personally, I just, oh my God. Every time I see a huge creature reveal, unless it's like Jurassic Park, it's just not scary to me at all. Um, so yeah, I just, that's one I just, that's another one I know it's a choice. And like, I totally yeah. get why some people it's a problem for. Yeah. But I tried to put, get real close to it, make it feel really big and like stuff. But, um, yeah, I feel like if I would have shown the whole thing or 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 whatever, it just wouldn't be would have lost. not that the thing wasn't scary. It just felt it felt a little too like a monster movie, which isn't what this is, if that makes sense. Right. So, yeah. And I think it's very clear that it was your intention to never uh, show it in its full effect. Like, I think it's very clear that that is always what you wanted to do. Um, but yeah, that's just I think it comes. That's one of those other things where it's just some people are more scared by what they can't see. And then yeah, some yeah. people were like, oh, I, I would love to see this. And I, yeah, I think for both of us, we were like, oh, what we did see looks so cool that that's why we wished, even if it was from a distance, we could just see more of the scope. But I yeah. think it was very clear that you, it wasn't a, like, I never felt like, oh, that was a budget choice. I just felt like, oh, I, he, that's the way that this is, is yeah. at that point. Like, we're not seeing everything in its full, mm -hmm. like, moment, so... Oh, this is a this will enhance your enjoyment on the next watch. Um, when I go into the tent, and you think I'm not focusing on the body, uh -huh. there is no body at first. It appears later. So that's one of the things where. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Like when um. It, I think you you were talking about how like I wasn't focusing on a body in the tent, and I would have been, and it was kind of frustrating because why am I not filming the clear body that's there? Right. Is that when you go in and you're like looking at all the blood and everything yeah. else that's, that's in like the tent? Yeah, that's like smeared on yeah. the tent walls and everything. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
So the reason I'm not looking to buy at first is because at first when I go in and you can see there's, I mean, it's hard to see. It's chaotic, which is right. why. But there is no one in the tent when I go in. And then when I come back down, that's and do start to focus on my brother. That is when my brother is there. Mm, okay. okay. If that makes sense. So that, that might, does, yeah. That might help your enjoyment of that. Too. Mm, I just, that yeah, it's just like there's certain things that take me out of movies like this and if i can alleviate some of them that makes sense to mm. me then. right but i and i feel like that's what it comes back to that not picking everything up uh on a first watch because there's just so much going on there's so much to see and to pick up on and that as you watch it over time you'll probably notice those things or it's just so chaotic yeah. so it's completely understood. like it's just i've actually like i'll show it to um scott for example uh-huh um, and then he'll see it again, and there's not a change that I made in a scene. And he'll say, "Oh, I liked it better last time." I'm like, "No, but there was no change." And it's just the way our brains work sometimes. Like, you know, because this movie is already intentionally so scrambled, it makes it even. Yeah. I, anyway, I can get why people get frustrated with it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah. Did you know that there's the prequel short film? And I was I was just about to ask you about those. <laughs> um, so you. You do have two. There's um, prequel short film Card Zero, mm -hmm. Card Zero, and then it's like Video Log Six Twenty Four or something like that as the other one. Uh, file VL Six Two Four. Okay. Uh, yeah, talk to us a little bit about those two because I haven't had a chance to watch either of them. But what do you think they like add into this whole story? Well, from the beginning, the Outwaters was always supposed to be what it is, its own film, kind of like vague and and impenetrable in certain ways mm -hmm. um and and so and that's i like when people watch the film first that's like how i want it to be seen the first time is just the movie okay however i made the prequel and the epilogue shorts after i made the film because i just had all these ideas that i felt strongly about so the prequel card zero the idea is that it's a memory card the last memory card my character used before I switched memory cards to the one that wound up in the desert. Okay. So it's like a fourth memory card and it's the last one I used at my apartment. And that's just like a half hour short. It shows, um, it's actually almost like a romantic cringe comedy. It shows my re gay <laughs> relationship. Um, it's kind of like a little relationship found footage movie. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, However, it directly leads into the Outwaters. It gets, so with that one, I think it gives a lot more context to my character and Michelle's character in particular mm -hmm. and our friendship. And it also, obviously, it has some foreboding. There, I would say that it gives some new, maybe not answers, but things to think about when watching the main film. Okay. okay. Obviously, that'd be very um, helpful for us. And so yeah, Michelle, I think Michelle's character and your character's relationship is obviously the one that we were like the most uh, unsure, unclear on. So I would be very yeah. You'll, so you'll that. totally get it that that relationship. You'll totally get it <laughs> after this. And then file VL six two four. The idea is that the cops there was all this corrupted footage that they couldn't get off mm -hmm. correctly from not only the three in the desert but also strangely the one in my apartment. So. So file VL624 is, it's like the cops got this footage that was not working restored. So it's it's the most experimental of the three. It's very, it, it's just, it's very crazy. It's, it's like in ways a little wilder 
to me than the movie. Mm. Um, okay. What that will do is it'll certainly expand on some ideas, maybe give a couple answers, but also add like a whole new layer to everything. Mm -hmm. So the order I like people to watch them in is the Outwaters and then the prequel Card Zero and then File VL. So if you watch Card Zero and File VL and then at some point watch the movie again, it'll make the movie a lot more rewarding, mm. I think. Okay. okay. But, um, and that voice that you only heard once, I'll just say that it comes back a lot in File VL 6. Okay. Okay. That idea is expanded on. Okay. Yeah, no. So yeah, and those you can watch on Screenbox. I don't know if you have Screenbox. If you don't have Screenbox, I'll send you the the film freeway links, and you can just watch them that way. Okay, Ooh, awesome. Actually, I'll just do that because it sounds a little better. Okay, great. Yeah. But for everybody uh, else, can listen on Screenbox. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's um, there's uh, so the Blu-ray is out. Mm -hmm. There's a three pack dvd coming out um in a couple weeks at walmart and mm -hmm. it's like the outwaters this movie called creepy pasta and the remake of cube um they're all on like a three-part oh, dvd so okay. that would be cool for people who like the movie but don't have a blu-ray player like it will be on dvd um in a couple weeks and there's a the vinyl soundtrack to many people's chagrin just got released <laughs> <laughs> So the sound, there's uh, yeah, the soundtracks on vinyl, and uh, only one of the songs is is the Michelle song. So most of the music is like it's so diverse because it's like all different music that characters listen to. Okay. Taste. So there's something for everybody, and I actually think all the music on there is really awesome. Nice. Um, so if people like vinyl, there's a few hundred left, and then that's it. <laughs> I was gonna ask uh the earthquakes oh yeah were those were you just filming anytime there was an earthquake or was that planned for the film that was planned for the film okay it was based on i don't know if you remember or i don't know if maybe both of you lived here at the time but i think it was 2019 there was two earthquakes like two days in a row and they were both mm -hmm. it, it was based on <laughs> I, okay. I was watching assassination nation and <laughs> there was a huge earthquake and i just once that happened and then the second day I decided to make that part of the film and um, it just goes with the theme of like invisible forces of nature that we can't quite see, but that are happening right. all around us. Okay. Mm. Um, and yeah, it was super fun to try to make an earthquake feel real um, running around like an idiot by myself in my apartment. <laughs> <taken. laughs> um, Similarly with the earthquake, the explosions at night, was that something that you added in or was that something that was just happening while you guys were shooting? That was part of the script. Okay. Yeah. Nice. But I feel like, see, that's good. By the way, I it's not that the we vine boom tell. and it doesn't even sound like the vine boom. I've seen so many people saying it's the vine boom. No. Oh, no. <laughs> I, know, I, it doesn't, I never I never got that at all. You know why? Because it, it doesn't sound like it. And it's not. <laughs> people want to say it so wanted to clear the air on the vine boom. <laughs> I to look up what is a vine boom to even find out what it was to say, oh, no, this isn't the vine boom. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> um, God, there was so much shit when we were filming that was so scary like cliche horror movie that actually happened that i filmed that i didn't put in because it was too cliche like yeah we came upon out on the dry lake pit in the middle of nowhere it was a um old wheelchair 
on the wheelchair was a rusted knife and hammer. And this wheelchair was sitting in front of a dugout hole. So it's like clearly some person who is a little out there was like sitting with weapons in this wheelchair in front of this weird dugout hole in the middle. And so I came upon that literally the first day of shooting in the desert and filmed it. Um, I was like, no, this is too cliche horror movie. But then like the meta part is like in the movie, we're going out to the desert to make a music video. And in in real life, I'm going out to the desert with my friends for real to make a horror movie. And then, yeah, so fun. Right. But that's why I was like, like, we were talking about the desert in and of itself is just such a perfect like setting because I feel like the desert and the forest are cliche. Like that shit that we are like, oh, that's scary. It's big. It happens all the time there just because who's oh, out there? Like, what are people doing desert. out there? <laughs> I love yeah. colors and I love Terrence Malick films and, and I just thought it, and I, some of my favorite horror movies are like the, the dusty windblown, like mm-hmm. beating sun, rattlesnake, bramble shit, like Hills Have Eyes, the original Hills Have Eyes. And yeah. but, like I just was really excited to make a horror movie in the desert. Yeah, I don't know. The desert's just one of those places where I'm like, even if there wasn't crazy, like, extra shit going on, and it was just like, you're lost in the desert, that's already a nightmare scenario for me. It is scary out there. Like, (laughs) it's so, like, when we, we didn't camp every night, but, like, the nights that we camped, it's scary. Mm -hmm. It's so in the middle of nowhere, um, and pitch black. You can't even see lights from, you know, highways or cars. Like, it's really just, yeah. Just pure darkness. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and made me come into her tent one night with the axe to protect her. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> she was scared. But okay, I mean, I feel like that's everything I had. Unless you want to add any more stuff in there, Erica. I just I thought y'all were like, I just really liked your interaction, and you mm-hmm. seem like cool people. And I thought it'd be fun to talk to you. And I've just been looking for an opportunity to talk to people that sounded like actual cool people that had problems, some problems with the movie that. I mm-hmm. want to be able to address, um, you know, just again for the purposes of like for people who enjoy it to like further enhance enjoyment. If you think about those things, while oh, yeah. while knowing that the small beam of light is definitely never going to work for a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say that the flashlight. I'll say that the lighting in my in my new one. Um, uh, it was shot on mini DV, so um, no matter what, like you kind of you see everything mm-hmm. even though you see like so there, there won't be that problem okay. <laughs> no problem there won't be that, that thing happening in the new one yeah but like i said i mean for some people the way that the lighting is enhances the scare for them like yeah, that is so much scarier for them than if you could see everything so it's just one of those things like, like- I, would, I would watch people watching it when i was test screening it mm-hmm. and you know like i said some people seem annoyed once that started, but then some people I saw like really focusing and then mm-hmm. those people would be like, like really like clenched. Right. So I figured, um, I would just trust that if enough people like are into it like that, that it might be more of a memorable like film than if I were to kind of like tamp that down to make it a little bit more, um, you know, likable, it might not be as memorable or something like that. Yeah. I don't know yeah i mean like it's you really can't please everyone with a film of course and it's just like people will either get it or not get it so like jurassic park pleases everyone 
that's that's fair. Jurassic oh. Park is it's pretty up there. But we also appreciate you um wanting to even come on here and like have the conversation with us. It's very cool that you reached out. Um even though like we if you hear our other episodes, we always try and keep it pretty light and casual when it comes to these conversations because like everybody's a reviewer everybody's got an opinion but like the fact that even though we had like some critical thoughts about the film that you were still willing to like hop on and like have the conversation with us just kind of shows that like you know you care about your film you care about what you made and you are open about standing by the decisions that you made which i think more filmmakers and creatives need to do it's like make your thing and stand by it and like people will say what they want to say but it's like who cares at the end oh, of the day oh i thought it'd be fun like i said i thought you guys sounded really fun and nice and i mean I've, I've listened to plenty of podcasts where people are critical of it and i definitely didn't like have any desire to like make friends with those people <laughs> or talk about it. But i want to talk to them you, you just, i just thought that your podcast was very thoughtful and 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 i appreciated that you uh, were so thoughtful about the movie. So oh. thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, where is there anywhere that um, people can find you? Um, um, Instagram is at the Outwaters, and that's my personal Instagram at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, so even though it's at the Outwaters, it's my per I I just keep you know mostly film stuff or projects I'm working on, but also like a shirtless selfie because I'm gay sometimes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And Twitter is at Robbie Banfitch or at the Outwaters to follow specific. I, I'm keeping the Outwaters Twitter going forever as a platform to promote other indie horror movies and keep people up to date with okay. Outwaters like news or screenings because we still have a screening once in a while or whatever. So if you want to follow us at the Outwaters on Twitter and Instagram and then at Robbie Banfitch uh, on Twitter as well. But Seems like Twitter's sucking. So um yeah. so maybe follow on Instagram. <laughs> Quick, tell me quickly, I don't want to keep you too long, but tell me some of your very favorite horror movies of all time. Just Ooh. whatever comes to mind. Uh right now, off the top of my head, um, 28 Days Later is one of my favorites because I love zombie films, infection movies. Um mm -hmm. Pearl and X from last year, killers for me. I loved both of those. And then I throw I always throw hereditary on the list, but like every time I say hereditary, it actually kind of falls off a little bit more. I think like my rose tinted glasses for that one are starting to wear off, but I still really like um that movie and a lot of Ari Aster stuff. Mm -hmm. So I'll say those three for now. Um, I'm just such an eighties like movie person. Uh so like Hellraiser, Return of the Living Dead, Nightmare on Elm Street Three. Halloween four. <laughs> I just I'm all about those like uh, horror movies are usually my favorites um, just down the line. But I am trying to get I'm like now that I've been getting a little bit more into um, found footage, though, I will say I do really like creep. Um, I was going to throw that on there too. Creep is copying me. Which one? Creep. Oh, you know what? I still haven't seen that. Oh, <clears throat> it's surprisingly good excited to watch mm -hmm. that and the sequel yeah yeah i haven't seen creep 2 yet but i've heard it's pretty good i don't know if it's as good but i haven't heard any bad things about it mm -hmm. um but creep was surprisingly good i remember when we watched that i was very shocked how much i liked that one mm -hmm. um mine's the original Candyman. Mm -hmm. is my all-time favorite horror movie 
and then um, session nine. Oh, okay. I know. Yeah. That one sounds familiar. If you haven't seen that, definitely watch it soon. Session nine. And then like, you know, the, the obvious ones that are about, like the shining and the original Texas Chainsaw, but like of ones that are a little bit, not always picked. It's, 100% Candyman and then Session 9, mm-hmm. the original Blair Witch Project, mm-hmm. um, and The Birds. Oh, okay. The Birds. Okay. Nice. The birds Love is, it. Yeah. The Birds is just from a filmmaking standpoint is incredible. But yeah, Candyman. It's so, I was just talking about Candyman the other day about so like good. one of the vil- like scariest villains. And I was like, Leatherface and Candyman are my mm-hmm. like- Still won't say his name in the mirror. Get won't me do every it. time. One of the only movies that still gives me chills or gives me chills at all is when he's like, Helen. Or from, like, <laughs> like, from across the parking lot. And just like the beauty of that film, like yeah. with the Philip Glass score and the cinematography and the poetry, like that movie is so poetic, mm-hmm. so beautiful. And I felt like it was very moving on a human level to like just very moving like um, the the mother um, Anthony's mother played played by Vanessa Williams like mm-hmm. their stories are so yeah. touching and beautiful. I really cared about everybody and like Casey Lemons as as uh, Virginia Madsen's like best friend. Like I yeah. just really didn't want her to die. I really very wanted Virginia Madsen to like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Cared about everybody so oh my god, that movie's so good. I feel like that's the <laughs> first time I remember watching a movie and being and the protagonist not having a good ending or just coming out on top. And it really fucked with me at the time. I was through my whole world for a loop. And then Tony Todd is such a beautiful oh, actor. Like Tony Todd. I mean, obviously you know that, but it's like I rewatched the 1990 Night of Living Dead again recently. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. he is so fucking good. As like, I'm just so used to seeing him as Candyman. Um, mm-hmm. Just to see him, you know, like he's just so good. I'm like, why? Like, was he not? He's always working, but like, I feel like he should be like Denzel Washington level. Yeah. Like, it's it's really strange where it's like everybody knows of Tony Todd, especially if you like horror. But then like you look at all the films and like projects that he's done. He's like he's done so much and gets recognition but at the same time doesn't get the recognition he deserves mm-hmm. for like how much he, he does and how much commitment he puts into any project he's on. Like yeah. even like the smaller stuff that's like kind of like a throwaway Tony Todd will commit to his he's bit. And I'm like, present. That's so like, good. Sort of like Liam Neeson, Brad Pitt level roles, like in his career. And just, I, I mean, I don't know when the last time you saw the 1990 I think it's Dead remake, but like watch that again. If you have a chance soon, it's mm-hmm. actually it's so perfect for Halloween. Um, <laughs> and he's just amazing. Yeah. He's such a presence. Even when we were talking about final destination, he's in the movie for like two minutes and it's <laughs> so <minutes>. memorable. <laughs> talked about it for half an hour <laughs> i haven't seen final destination in so long but i feel like that's a good one to you know i'm going through my closet and pulling out all the movies i want to maybe watch for halloween oh yeah final destination. yeah one and two and three would be good oh yeah mm-hmm. Highly someone good. recently posted a meme i saw that was just of a truck with the logs on the back and it's like the way that a single movie gave us all generational trauma yeah. <laughs> about log trucks 
uh, just troubled. Just all of us troubled by <laughs> by these movies. <laughs> damaged humans. But okay, well, thank you so much for hanging out with us today, homies. We hope that you enjoyed our discussion and our interview, and hopefully, um. Go check youth. This will help you look back at the outwaters with a different lens and check out um, the short films as well. Cause I know I will. Zero and file veal. They're both on the Blu-ray and they are also um, streaming on Screenbox, and you can get a cheap subscription to Screenbox if you already have one and watch a bunch of Screenbox has a bunch of cool shit yeah. out there um, all the time. I've been wanting to get a subscription, so I probably will. To be honest, yeah, nice. I think they still do a, a month free trial even. Oh um, yeah. If you've never had it before, so do that. But um, yeah, they they I think they had they, they just usually have some really cool like hidden gems. Okay. On there, and then also just a recommendation for Halloween time is there's a documentary called Haunters: The Art of the Scare. Oh. It's about extreme haunted houses. Oh, I know what you're talking oh, about. Yeah. Okay. Rent that. I think yeah, you can rent that for sure on Amazon. I don't know if it's anywhere else, but it's so fucked up. If you want to watch like. A documentary on the craziest haunted houses in the country like it's actually like one of the wildest movies i've seen it's just i can't even believe that people do these things so haunters the art of the scare Ooh, okay i will also check that out yeah but thank you guys so much for hanging out with us today uh we hope that you have a great rest of your week catch you next time homies bye, bye.